Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Kimmy Culp. I'm the host of All the Wiser and today a little wiser. I am here with my talented producer, Erica. Hi, Erica. How are you? Hey, Kimmy. I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing well. Happy um, anniversary, by the way. Thank you. Happy almost wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Today we actually, this is topical. We, I'm going to uh, pivot for a minute, but Erica was engaged, is engaged to get married to Oni, her fiance, and they had planned this beautiful adventure abroad. And with COVID, that is no longer happening. But Erica is not letting this stand in the way of her matrimony. Erica, can you tell everyone the romance that's about to go down? Oh, man, you totally put me on the spot. But yes, okay. So um, I'm sure like many of you, you dream about getting out of town right now. Um, And perhaps some of you also share my RV fantasies of just hitting the road. And so we decided to rent an RV and... Um, do a tour of our country's national parks and we plan on getting hitched along the way. So um, we're going to actually get married in Utah at Arches National Park and we have um, a a photographer coming to document the day and it'll just be the two of us and our dog and that's it. But the best part, you're marrying yourself in the state of Colorado after that because you found out online that you can, in fact, marry yourself. That is true. There are only four states in the country that let you marry yourselves, and Colorado is one of them, um, which is so cool because, you know, we really didn't want to put anyone at risk um, on our behalf. So it worked out well. They're so ahead of the game. I mean, they let everyone smoke pot, and then they let you marry yourself. (laughs) Uh, and our sound engineer, Kelly, lives in Colorado. So, And I went to Boulder and I got married in, in the mountains of Colorado and celebrated my 19th anniversary yesterday because I was a child bride. Um, so, yeah. I saw the video of you in your wedding dress and congratulations for still fitting into it. That is amazing. We did have a dance party uh, in, in the kitchen. Um, well... Off topic, but not because this was really our, well, no, actually, you know, so many of our episodes, the epicenter is really love and love of family, but this was really a incredibly romantic love story. And Jason Rosenthal was our guest uh, on our last episode. And Jason was married to Amy Krauss Rosenthal, who is a very acclaimed author, children's book author. And w- by the way, when Erica, when I Googled, uh, Jason Rosenthal. Um, it popped all these pictures of Meghan Markle kept popping up. 
because apparently Meghan Markle during COVID has been reading books to Archie and sharing them on social media, and she's reading all Amy's books. That is wild. So. Wow. Um, so Jason was married to Amy, who was also the mother of his three children. And they just had this beautiful love affair. Out of nowhere, literally, she feels like she has a stomach ache. And within, you know, 24 hours, she's told she has ovarian cancer and is dying. So it's just a tender, beautiful story of him loving the love of his life through her last days and the great conversations they have and how everything became clear about what matters most in life and the lessons that, you know, he he shares with our audience. But how we know about the story is Amy, as she's lying there, and he says completely frail, like barely taking water, falling in and out of sleep, told him she had a last project and she was writing. No idea what it was. She was going to keep it secret. And she, in fact, was writing his personal ad or, you know, an ad for him to find a new wife, a new lover when she was gone. And it was beautifully written, again, wildly romantic. And the New York Times publishes it in their Modern Love column. It goes viral, crazy, millions of people. These letters start flooding in from women, you know, around the country and internationally. So that is really the story about the ultimate gift and act that she gave him, which was, as he calls it, a blank space to build a new chapter ahead. The name of the column was, you may want to marry my husband. So that has really been, you know, what he speaks about. But in the meantime, as he's speaking on stages about this, you know, his great love and his one love, Amy's wish came true. He fell in love with somebody else. But in diving into this week, we thought that is a fascinating topic about losing a spouse, a partner, and is it okay to move on? When does society say it's okay? When does, uh, you know, when, when do the experts say, is there a healthy window? Is it there even such thing as a healthy window? Um, so whether you're losing that, you know, or have lost somebody physically, or I would say even emotionally, I think this should be hopefully a really interesting and insightful conversation. But I'm curious, Erica, what did you, what stood out in Jason's interview? Like what was your big moment if you had one? Um, I would say that one thing he really was emphatic about was his advice, the advice that he gives, because so many of us don't know what to say to somebody who has experienced a great loss, whether it's the loss of a spouse, the loss of a partner, the loss of a good friend, the loss of a family member, um, you know, what do you say to that person? And what Jason said, and this is something that was echoed by uh, Nora McInerney as well, who was a guest of ours last year, is that you've got to say something. And the thing that stood out to me the most was when Jason said, it's very unlikely that what you're going to say is going to be so offensive that the person isn't going to speak to you anymore or that you're going to ruin the relationship. So I think sometimes we have a tendency to avoid 
really confronting these things head on because we feel like, well, the person probably doesn't want to be reminded about it or they don't want to talk about it again. I'm sure that they're just, they want to take their mind off of it, but that we're really doing them a disservice um, by not acknowledging the elephant in the room that this person has been through something traumatic and it doesn't have to be big, that it can just be something as simple as, I'm so sorry to hear about Amy and I just want you to know I'm thinking of you. I mean, really simple stuff, nothing earth shattering. You know, one of the most beautiful and unexpected pieces of advice I received on this issue was at a friend's funeral. He was he was like our all right, Amy was 39 with two young kids. Um, his sister spoke at the funeral, and the backstory is that they had lost their mom when they were very young. And so she said she really had like this call to action. And she said, a lot of times people don't know what to do or say. And her message was the same, was say something. And she said, the greatest gift in the past 30 years have been the people who come up and share stories and memories of my mom. She's always in my heart and somewhere in me, and it brings it to life where I learned something I didn't know about her. So the greatest gift you can do when you, you know, see Jess or you see the girls growing in the years to come is to get down on the knee and say, I remember when your dad. Um, So I did that and had I written a condolence letter before to Jess and her kids who lost their father and husband. It would have been, I'm so sorry for your loss. But instead I wrote little stories and anecdotes and things that made me laugh. And you can imagine if you're these kids are reading it all these years later. How meaningful is that versus like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I'm just going to send flowers and and kind of freeze up because I'm afraid. So anyhow, I, I, I agree that it's totally interesting um, and hopefully helpful for people because we all have people around us who experience loss. And Absolutely. Yeah. What stood out to you in this conversation? Well, you know, well, I want to dive into the subject because that really stood out to me, sort of this push and pull of he or she has given him permission, the most public permission, the most heartfelt permission to move on and move on. Sorry, that word needs to be banned to (laughs) write a new chapter that involves a love story. And yet it's still so complicated. Um, especially as you're writing a book and speaking about your first great love to then be, you know, going home and with somebody else. So I thought that was really interesting. And we dove in to learn a little bit more about this. I think it's something that people don't necessarily talk about. And it's re- there's really interesting stuff out there, actually. When you looked at some of the articles and research that we did, what was most interesting to you or sort of eye-opening? Yeah, a few things. Uh, One, that loving and grieving can happen at the same time. You don't have to stop grieving before you give yourself permission to start loving. And I don't think that he ever really stopped grieving when he started dating again. I mean, I don't, I think there's a difference between loving and being in love. And it's funny because I was talking about it with Oni, my fiance, and he said to me, he said, you know, I don't think that he's in love with Amy anymore. I think that he loves Amy. And that was also an interesting distinction. 
Yeah, I I totally agreed. And that it's not unlike anything else. There isn't a one size fits all. And I think what the experts say is there's no timeline for moving on. It is based on the individual person. And some people need a lot of time to grieve. Some people need less. I also imagine if your spouse has been sick for a long time, you're five years into the grief process versus somebody, you oh, know what sure. I mean? So only you can know when it's right. So this idea of how long should I wait, there isn't a cookie cutter answer. It's kind of a instinctual, intuitive, like this feels right. Um, and also there's a lot of people who have a narrative, I'm too old or I mean, you can imagine if you've been married 15, 20 years and you have to like swipe right on your phone to meet somebody, but <laughs> can you imagine? Oh my God. Oh my God. No, I can't. Um, so you are in fact, never too old. And I, there are beautiful stories of people who have met, you know, in their seventies and their eighties or even fallen in love, like at retirement homes. I mean, hello, how cute. And yeah, so I think that was really to like, let let go of that thought that there's a right answer or a wrong answer. Oh, totally. But didn't you find the research about that was kind of divided along gender lines? Oh, interesting. But yeah. not, su- not surprising. I mean, so the, the statistics, I think, were 25 to 24 to 25 months, 60% of men are in new relationships. Women is under 20. Um, 25% of men so one in four have already remarried and women, it's like 5%. So men and women experience it very differently. Which makes sense uh, given the other kind of research that Dr. Wortman, who's a professor at Stony Brook University in New York, shared, which is that women tend to be the ones in heterosexual relationships that provide the main source of social and emotional outlets for them as a couple. And so, you know, men are more likely to seek out a new relationship because they perhaps don't have as much of a, a rich and um, wide network of people. Well, if you're grieving and your loneliness factor goes up, you're, yeah. And you know that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it was also Dr. Wartman who looked at depression and well-being. And what they found is people who do, in fact, you know, remarry or find a new partner have less depression and more life satisfaction than those who don't, which makes sense. But I also feel like that puts a lot of pressure like, oh, if you don't find somebody new, because um, there's so many people who are single and have fulfilling lives. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's 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 all really interesting and hopefully if, you know, you know somebody who's lost somebody, you can share this with them and it'll offer them some comfort or, you know, new information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's a ton of information out there about this topic. Um, you know, falling in love while grieving, dating after the loss of a spouse. Yeah. Um, that you can love more than one person in a lifetime, that you're not betraying um, anyone by moving forward with your life. Uh, so if you 
have any additional thoughts or you want to share your experience with us, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us a voice memo and you can email it to hello at allthewiserpodcast.com. Thank you, everybody, for making the time to listen to these new mini episodes. And if you have not already, Erica and I have been collaborating on a newsletter and having so much fun with it. And it introduces you to day of morning every time we drop a new All the Wiser episode, a new full episode and interview. So you know immediately, but it's going way beyond that. We're curating content. So we're introducing you to great books, great blogs, inspiring articles, and all under what we really believe is stories that move the world forward, stories that have an optimistic lens. And you can go to allthewiserpodcast.com and there, Erica, where's the link? (laughs) Didn't we already go through this? Yes, just you, you take it from there. So go to allthewiserpodcast.com and hit subscribe, and that is where you can enter your information. And you will start receiving our newsletter, which uh, always has a very sweet note from Kimmy. We also hope you enjoyed our conversation today and that you'll check out Jason's episode. And thank you again for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye. All the Wiser is produced by Erica Gerard at Podkit Productions. Our sound engineer is Kelly Kramerick, and our associate producer is Kessie Hollister. And as always, thanks for listening. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.